I had no interest in owning a business. I thought I was successful. And now, it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Hello, hello, hello. I am indeed Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. There are a number of things that I try to focus on here at the Radio Free Enterprise podcast. I'd like to talk about... Uh, home-based businesses. I like to talk about first-time entrepreneurs. I like to talk to authors. I like talking to successful people in general. I like to talk about the importance of communication and marketing in any business. I like to talk about how in order to succeed and get a lot of money to the bottom line, you got to keep costs low. If you can keep costs low and also have an almost unlimited upside uh, revenue and profit potential, you're really on to something. I like to talk about lifestyle businesses, a business where the business that you get into doesn't run your life. You're able to get the life that you want because of the business that you own. And I also often have people on Radio Free Enterprise who are personal friends of mine, and I'm just very blessed to know a lot of successful and fun people uh, who <laughs> are, accept my invitation to come on here and get the hot poker in the eye for a few minutes uh, every so often. But one thing I don't often talk about, in fact, I've never spoken about before is unicorns. You know, unicorns are those mythical creatures that many people believe in, but no one has ever seen. And one type of unicorn that uh, exists in the business world is an actual person, a regular everyman who has been a roaring success in network marketing. People think that in order to succeed in multi-level marketing or or network marketing, you know, a lot of weird images come to mind and people get a little ginchy when you throw those words out there. And you sometimes think that in order to succeed in network marketing, you have to be some kind of big, boastful, boisterous character who knows how to uh, run roughshod over people and get them to do something that they might otherwise not do. And my guest today, David Delavante, is the exact opposite of that. David has created an incredibly successful home-based lifestyle network marketing business by just being himself. And I thought that is a story in itself right there. And I want to welcome Dave Delavante to Radio Free Enterprise. Thank you, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here. I've never been called a unicorn before, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> to spending some time with you. I am really looking forward to uh, helping people understand what you've been able to do up to this point. And I want to start out with this, Dave. Everybody has a different picture of what success means to them individually. What is your personal definition of success? What what uh, If you were to paint that picture, what would it look like? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I'll tell you what it is, and I'll tell you what it isn't. Um, you know, I, someone told me if you keep, uh, I'm, a, I'm a spiritual kind of guy, if you keep God first, then family, and then whatever your career, vocation, uh, business is third, uh, that's that's the definition of success. And the, but the problem is to try to do that if your work or your business uh, doesn't facilitate that and you have no time to do the God stuff and the family stuff, then you, it leads to a very unsuccessful life. So for me, it is success would be having the ability 
to be able to wake up in the morning and and have the time to put God first, have the time to put your family first, go to those kids' soccer games, go to those dance recitals, you know, that, that sort of thing, um, and then have a business or job that works around that to support it. Wow. That's a great, uh, very well-defined definition of success. Uh, and I would agree completely that creating a business that supports your life rather than vice versa is the ultimate goal. So that's where you are today. And we'll get further into that as we go along. Where were you previously? What was a day in the life of Dave Delavanti before you uh, started working and succeeding in network marketing? It was, it's, it's, it's a really good question. When I was um, younger, I was taught, you know, you go to college and you get a job and you work for 40 or 50 years and then you retire. You know, that's the, kind of the plan. Um, I had a, a very modest upbringing. I was the youngest of eight kids and I was kind of the quote unquote successful one in the family. Uh, you know, I, I got a very um, kind of an exclusive uh, college degree in naval architecture and marine engineering. <laughs> That's quite a niche right there. It, it's Yes, it is. It's an odd little niche. You know, uh, anyway, <laughs> um, my, my, my wife always makes fun of me and my, my what she calls them my engineered friends or whatever. Mm. But I, and it was a, so I was considered the successful one in my family. I was making, it took me a while to get there, but I was, ultimately I made a six-figure income. I had the 401k and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the problem was, if I really busted my butt in that business all year long, I'd get about a four and a half percent raise. If I, it wasn't a good year and I could, I could slack off all year and I'd get a three and a half percent raise or a four percent raise. So there was nothing linear about the reward system. It was built so that everyone just got that little tiny raise, which basically kept up with inflation and there was never a way to break free. And then to add to that, I live in the Northern Virginia area. And for the folks out there that are familiar with Northern Virginia, there's a giant beltway that goes around Washington, D.C. And I had to cross over that beltway through a place that they used to call Malfunction Junction, <laughs> which is <laughs> Springfield, Virginia, one of the worst intersections of the world. So my commute, which was only, it was less than 30 miles, could sometimes take up to two hours. And uh, so that was my life. And I, I didn't have, we were, I had small children. We were uh, homeschooling them. Uh, but I had no time to be with them because I was working 60, 65 hours a week designing and building ships and traveling all over. Wow. So that's what we call a real job. <laughs> real, yeah, real bummer job, actually, yeah. in retrospect. Well, but I mean, it does follow along exactly as you're saying with the sort of the standard plan. You go to college, you get your degree. In your case, it was a very specialized degree. You go into a job that's in your field. Uh, you work, 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 uh, keep your nose to the grindstone for years and decades, eventually achieve the six-figure income, uh, have the opportunity to homeschool your kids and be building the kind of life that you want. But unfortunately, dad is out slaying the dragon 10, 12, 14 hours a day. So he's just kind of facilitating this life. He's not having much of a chance to experience it. Exactly. So, uh, you know, it. At some point, there was a, there was this light bulb moment, or maybe there wasn't. I'm going to ask you in a minute. But there's a book called The E-Myth uh, that many people have read. That, and the E-Myth is that every business owner is an entrepreneur. But whether you agree with that premise or not, the, the author, Michael Gerber, describes what he calls the entrepreneurial spasm 
that comes over people at some point in their in their regular job life that causes them to say, you know, I have had enough of this. I'm going to go out and start a business of my own. Did that happen to you? And if it did, why did it happen? When did it happen? What was the reaction? It was uh, less of a spasm and more of a, uh, I don't know, a lot coming out of a coma for a while. I don't know how you would put it. Um, for me, here's the deal. I... Um, it was a big process. I had no interest uh, in owning a business. I thought I was successful. I was kind of in that trap. You know, they they call it a comfort zone, but it's really a discomfort zone. It's just not. <laughs> it's not uncomfortable enough to leave it. If if you know what I mean. So I was in, I was in this world where I thought I was successful, but I was still living paycheck to paycheck. But all my friends were kind of doing the same thing, and so I and I didn't really understand network marketing or direct sales or anything like that. But my wife had a, a really good, just a, a, some pretty massive quality of life improvements when she got on the products from our company. The, the company's called USANA Health Sciences. She got on the products and did really, really well with them. And this was way back in 1998. And I just, you know, she just took the products for about five years. And just sort of through osmosis, I started picking up customers, if you will, by chatting with, you know, I had a couple of neighbors that had some joint pain issues and I had some people in my church that had some blood sugar issues and people seemed to have good results. So it kind of crept on me for about five years. And what was happening was, you know, sometimes people are motivated by either positive goals or, or the fear of pain, you know, and I was seeing some people get laid off at my job and I was seeing this little tiny sort of a business growing for me in the background. And in 2003, it was January 2003, someone asked me what my goal was. And it kind of, you know, sometimes something just drops into your spirit and it just comes out of your mouth and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> and I said, I want to quit my job. And I'd never thought about that. And I just said it out loud. And I said it in front of my wife who almost fell out of her chair. Wow. Um, what, I've got to stop you there. That yeah. is a tremendous story. So had you ever verbalized that even inside your head to yourself that you wanted to quit your job? Or was it just almost totally reflexive? She asked the question and your spirit spit out the answer. It was, it just kind of came out. Um, it was, I hadn't really, I hadn't almost dared to dream I was so conditioned to stay in that mode of working for the man and doing what you know, every, what your parents tell you to do, mm -hmm. that I never thought of it, and it just kind of popped out. And then to make it worse, the person who initially asked me the question said, "Wait a minute, that's not really a goal to quit your job. A goal, a goal has a date on it. When do you want to quit your job?" And again, I reflexively said, two years." And again, my wife literally did fall out of her chair at that point. Um, and we we had some naturally we had some very serious discussions. I imagine you did, Dave. <laughs> in, in the weeks to follow, because and I said, well, I said, well, don't don't panic here. I said it's just it's just something that I, I really think I'm supposed to do. I said, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be stupid. I'm not quitting my job now. I'm gonna I'm gonna build Usana on the side and keep it part time and just mm. see if I can match my day job income in two years. Then I'll quit my job. And uh, what ended up happening was two years to the day, January 5th of 2005, I had more than doubled my day job income. And I wow. walked away at age 44 and, and have, you know, just, just literally walked away from my job. Um, and very few people that I know can, you know, that, that's happened to. That's a tremendous story. I really enjoyed that. And I like the fact that, uh, you know, based on your career path and so forth, you're obviously not a huge risk taker. 
and so this is something where you, you know, before you were willing to actually quit your job, you had to see that there was that safety net underneath of you there and you could walk away and still be able to take care of your family as you wanted to. Exactly. You know, a lot of people, when, as I say, when we use the term network marketing or multi-level marketing, a lot of people, you know, they just recoil from it. Um, what was your uh, perception of network marketing as an industry before you got involved in it? And what is your perspective on it now? Well, obviously, it's changed significantly. I can tell you that. Um, here's here's the funny thing. When my wife she'd been she'd, she'd had some fatigue issues and things like that for over a decade you know and we've so we were looking for nutritional stuff when someone told me about usana i was like oh great my, my wife should try these products we've tried everything else nothing seems to work maybe this will work right and then i found out that they were sold through network marketing and i almost said no i almost mm. said no just don't try these products that's one of those network marketing things but mm -hmm. here's the reason why Years before, a decade before, I was uh, working my engineering job and somebody, uh, I call it ambushed me. They ambushed me to go to a network marketing presentation without telling me what it was. Nice. They, they, they kind of said, oh, I have this idea. I have a doctor and a lawyer coming to my house. Come on over. And then I got there and I, and I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm in one of those meetings. You know? And that stuck with me for over a decade. So, the, so my, that, was, and that was my literally my only experience with network marketing had so you heard from other people though about this did you have any perception around it before you got ambushed i um prior to the ambush um not really okay um i it was kind of new to me and 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 the one experience that i ended up having was very very negative so right. I, oh, so I that was all you needed right yeah i just mm -hmm. shut my mind to it right away mm -hmm. so i almost said no and I, something in my gut said now go ahead and try these products and obviously, we, we had a massive success story. So when I look at network marketing today, and, and it wasn't the fault. Here's the key. It wasn't the fault of the industry. It was the fault of that person who just did it wrong. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like you know, going to a restaurant, you have a bad meal. You don't write off restaurants in general for the rest of your life. You know, it's not the fault of the restaurant industry because the one cook had a bad day. Or, you know. So I, I learned that later on. Uh, but now what I see, I see it as freedom. And I see it as leverage and I see it as a way for the average guy like myself who I'm you know I was an engineer for the average guy to really just take the ceiling off and go as high as you want and it's and then remember I said about that three percent four percent raise kind of a thing mm -hmm. here you literally determine what you make by changing your skill level and if you make you know if you double your skills you'll double your salary that's just the way it works uh, and I tell people if you learn how to talk about whatever product or service and I'm not I'm not selling you Sony or whatever network marketing company you choose they always have a product or a service if you learn that product or service you'll make a little bit of money if you learn to talk about the business side of it as well you'll make more money and if you want to make a boatload that's a naval architecture term a boatload ah. <laughs> a boatload of money then learn how to be a trainer to, and train those those distributors associates salespeople to do the same thing but you can't do that in the nine to five, you know, typical corporate structure, it just doesn't work. So for me, I went from a completely negative, uh, my, my entire tone changed from completely negative to I see this as the answer for the majority of people out there. Could you go quickly back through those three stages of success again? I thought that was tremendous. Yeah, you basically. No, I just, every, if you would just state what they were for me. It's, it's a, it's. You said that it. Talk about the product or mm -hmm. the service. 
and you know and sell it. Mm-hmm. The second stage is uh, being able to talk about the business side of the equation, mm-hmm. getting people interested in, hey, you know what, this can also help you financially. And then the third part is being able to effectively, really what you're doing is duplicate yourself, train other people. If you become a trainer in this industry is when the ceiling really lifts. I mean, there's absolutely no, uh, no limits. So what that speaks to me or says to me is that it's kind of the flip side of the bad chef or a chef having a bad day, that one guy who ambushed you. Uh, he, in other words, what I'm saying is whether you fail or whether you succeed, it's not the industry, it's not the company, it's yep. you. It's exactly. the approach that you take and mm-hmm. you can either, you know, go the dark side or you can go to the side of the light and, <laughs> and be, you know, just open and transparent and authentic with people. And then people choose on their own whether they choose to get involved or not. And we could talk about that for a long time, but exactly. it, it does uh, slide very nicely into my next question, which is what would you say is the number one obstacle or, or hurdle that people can't seem to get over that prevents them from succeeding in network marketing. Yeah, that's good. It's okay. In my experience, I've got fourteen thousand people underneath me. Wow. And in my experience, the um, the number one thing that limits people is their own belief system. And let me let me explain that. There's it's kind of like a like a table. A table has four legs. If you take one of the legs off, it starts getting wobbly. Right. So you really need to have a belief in yourself that you can do this, a belief in the industry itself, in network marketing, does it work? Is it legitimate? Can it, you know, does a system really work? A belief in the particular company, whatever company it is you chose, uh, and then a belief in those products. So you have to kind of have all four of those beliefs. And usually, most network marketing companies have a pretty decent product or or an excellent product, uh, a pretty decent company. um, And the belief in the industry can come through, there's a lot of great books out there that you can read to get that belief in the industry. The big one that most people fall short on is just frankly, the belief in themselves. And that's 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 what's going to cause pretty much every obstacle uh, in this business. If you can get your belief in yourself higher, then you'll. Well, that's you know that's the big question. How can you do that? Well, what I would say is, <laughs> it's a few things. It is surround yourself with positive people. And that's, that's another great thing, by the way. It's kind of one of the hidden gems. I mean, network marketing is great for making money. It has great products typically. Uh, but the other thing is the, the friendships, the relationships that you build. You're not going to succeed in this business if you're a negative person. So hang out with positive people. The people that are successful in network marketing are generally extremely positive people. So hang out with the right ones. That's the first thing. And then practice. And I, I give people – there's a really simple – acronym. It's called FORM, F-O-R-M, and I'll, I'll explain what it means. But basically, the, the really the challenge in network marketing is talking to people. We can all set up a fancy website or have someone do it, and we can all, you know, do, we can, there's lots of things we can do. But the only thing that pays in network marketing, because another name for network marketing is relationship marketing. The only thing that physically pays you is talking to another human being about your product or service. I mean, let, let's keep this really, really simple. Now, I was an engineer. I worked with the same six or seven engineers at a desk drawing ships for 23 years, okay? I was not exactly a person who could talk to other people and have, you know, real conversations. But what I did was 
I use this acronym FORM. And, and FORM are just FORM is an acronym for the topics you're going to talk to people about. So F stands for family. And you can literally practice this online at a Starbucks. I mean, just turn around to the person behind you. Um, you know, they got kids and say, oh, you got kids. How many, how many other children do you have? Oh, you only have these two. Okay, where do you live? And wow, so where do you work? You just, just ask them all about, you know, their, their family. And let them talk. And it's kind of fun just to see how long you can get the conversation going. Huh. Then move on to O, which is occupation. Ask them about their job. Hey, what do you like about your job? You know, how'd you get into that? That's fascinating. You know, um, ask them. R is recreation. You know, when you're not working, what do you like to do? Oh, tennis player. Oh, I like, for instance, I love playing pool. You know, um, and then M is either the the message that you want to give them, which could be just, man, it was really awesome talking to you. Have a great day. It was, I love meeting new people. Just, and then walk away. You don't have to sell anything. Just get in the mode of opening up conversations. And if you do that, all of a sudden, your confidence level comes up. Your belief in self comes up. Oh. Um, you, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a very easy thing to do. You can do it in a mall. You can do it you know, with you know, people you know a little bit or total strangers. And it just builds that confidence in self. That's fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing that. I had never heard that acronym before, and I agree completely with you that people are going to be very willing to talk about all of these things. And the more that you let them talk, the better a conversationalist you appear to be. So I'm sure that as you do that more and more, you become more uh, confident in it. So you, uh, from sitting in a room drawing ships with six other engineers for 23 years, you <laughs> you found out how to go out and talk to people. I guess just about anybody can. Do you have uh, any other great tips like that, uh, three or four maybe, that uh, people can use to try to improve their chances of success in network marketing? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of them, but um, I'll tell you the key. What, the very first key is to learn, and this is that's why I tell people to learn these questions. If you learn just three or four questions, then become a listener. You mm. have to listen. You, you just said that. The person um, who controls the conversation is the person who's listening. Ask questions. Don't ask yes or no questions, but ask questions like, oh, what do you like about your job? And let the person talk. And then say, well, tell me more about that. And let them talk more. Okay? You have to be a listener. And what, what helped me the most was one big objection is brand new people say, well, I just, I can't sell anything. I'm not a salesperson. I've never been trained in this or whatever. And, and that's true. They've never sold, you know, they've never been trained. However, look at yourself as a problem solver, not a salesperson. And you feel so good. So talk to people. And then when you're having this little conversation with someone and they say, yeah, you know, my little guys are getting older now. And gee, one thing is I, I can't really figure out how to pay for their college. Okay, they just told you a problem. They told you something that's on their mind. So instead of selling them a business, why not say something like, you know, you, know, you mentioned that you're having a hard time. You know, what are you going to do to pay for your college? I might have an answer for you. Um, let me, let's sit down, have some coffee, and I'll tell you about what I do. Maybe we could partner up and, and figure, out, figure out an answer to your problem. You're, it's all about helping them with their problem. That's if tremendous. They, if they mention a health concern, the same thing. So listening and then listening for the hurt, listen for the pain, listen for the why, the thing that drives them, uh, figure out what that is, and then simply pr provide a solution to them. And then the second thing I would say is – develop yourself 
um, you know, it listen to motivational stuff. Read a bunch of you know Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy, and um, there's a great book on network marketing in general called Go Pro, uh, meaning meaning be a professional at this. This is not a hobby. This is a profession. Um, so so continually develop yourself. And probably the third and the most important thing. Um, the, the the message that I try to give people because I I told you my story already and I've made you know this is uh, 17 years I've been in network marketing I've made over two million dollars uh, like I said I've got you know 14,000 people 3,000 of those are distributors 11,000 of those are customers I mean I'm I, I've I've moved along a path kind of kind of slowly I did, I was not a superstar I just moved along a path and used the system but the biggest difference was. Back in 2003, when I decided I was going to quit my job in two years, I just kind of drew a line in the sand. And what happened was my why, my burning why was I wanted to get out of my commute and I wanted to be home with my kids so I could go to their soccer games and that sort of thing. And that's a lot of people that have kids have that same desire. So that was my why. And it was kind of in my head. But at that moment, when those words kind of spewed out of my mouth, it went into my gut, into my heart. And I was like, I have got to get out of this commute and I've got to get out of this job. I'm, I'm going to do this. And what happened was I didn't change any techniques. I just changed my attitude. Mm. So when I approached people from that point on, they got the sense that the train was leaving the station and they could jump on now and go on this wild ride with me or they can be left behind. So I would approach people and I'd say, look, this is what I'm doing. In two years, I'm going to be out of my job. Okay. And if you'd like me to show you how to help you, for instance, get your kids college paid for, let's team up together. Everyone loves teamwork. Let's team up together and do it that way. So for me, it was taking that why. Everyone's got a why. We all have something we want out of life. And just taking it from your head, putting into your gut, and then using, in my case, USANA or whatever network marketing vehicle you're using, use that as something to propel you towards your ultimate goal. That is just great stuff, Dave. I, uh, I'm so glad that you uh, agreed to come on uh, Radio Free Enterprise to talk about all of this because your story is something that I think anybody can relate to. And with that in mind, if somebody's been listening and they thought, you know, I, I never would have really considered it uh, getting into network marketing as an option for me as a business, or maybe they did consider it but rejected it for maybe they got ambushed like you did. Uh, what's the best way for somebody to connect with you and and uh, find out more about what you do and how they could follow your success path? Well, uh, two ways actually. I'm I'm very much uh, into conversation. I want I want to talk with people. So the I have the easiest email address in the world. It's just Dave D A V E at usana.com and usana is U S A N A. So Dave at usana.com, or you can just call me seven zero three nine two eight one 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 six. That's seven oh three nine two eight one 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 six. And I'll tell you when you call it, what I would like to do is just chat for ten minutes. Kind of just see where you're at, see what your why is, what your goal is. You might already be in a network marketing company. I'll just give you a few pointers and 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 God bless you. Hopefully you know you're successful in that particular company. That's awesome. If you're not and you're interested Obviously, I would love to talk to you about partnering up. That'd be awesome. But ultimately, the goal—I'm not. A, you can tell I'm not a salesperson. I don't close people. I'm not a closer. Um, I just want to chat, have an intimate conversation, and then I'll send you additional information, typically via email, uh, that can lay out some more stuff that'll help, hopefully, help you reach your goals. That's great stuff. I just want to repeat: the email address is Dave at usana.com, and Dave's phone number is seven zero three nine two eight. 1116 and I will put both of those in the show notes page 
of this episode of Radio Free Enterprise. Dave Delavanti, I thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Frank. It was a pleasure. Thanks again to Dave Delvante. Thank you for listening. Now, here's what we need to do. You need to go to the iTunes store and subscribe to the Radio Free Enterprise podcast. While you're there, maybe you leave me a little review. Maybe you leave me a little rating. I'm just saying. After that, come on back to RadioFreeEnterprise.com and register with the site so you can stay on top of all the exciting doings here at RFEHQ. You promised to do that, and I promise to remain your fearless host, Frank Felker. Until next time, I'll see you on the radio. Success leaves clues. Radio Free Enterprise. I got a little girl, she's on her mind, mind. No doubt about it, she looks so fine. She's the best girl that I ever had. Sometimes you're gonna make me feel so bad.